Failure at 40. Failure at 40. Can you still be fulfilled at 40 without the partner, without the children, the career, or the beautiful home, all in the picture? Failure at 40 interviews, debates, and discusses the reality of turning 40. Women will say, I am a woman. I've arrived. That's all I've had to do. You, man, you need to prove yourself as a man before we even recognise your, your masculinity. Failure at 40. If you are a man that can't provide, this is the other side to it, about this equal thing. If you're the man you can't provide, you're not looked as a man. You're demasculinized. Failure at 40. Failure at 40 challenges the notion of failure and redefines what success looks like to you. Who says if you haven't reached all of your goals by 40 that you are not a success? Failure at 40 interviews, debates and discusses the reality of turning 40 in modern Britain. Welcome to Failure at 40. Failure at 40. Welcome back to Failure at 40. I'm Winnie the Producer. And I'm Shelley the Life Coach. We've handed over to the guys today and we've got Stephen, our editor, sliding into the host role to chat to our guests Rafat and Justin about male masculinity in their 40s. Welcome to Failure at 40. Okay, guys, if you'd like to take the opportunity to introduce yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm Justin Williams, uh, a.k.a. Williams J. Silver, author, clothing brand owner, dad, and uh, just a general nice guy. Go ahead, Rafat. Yes, Rafat Sai, uh, father, personal trainer, general misfit, um, you know, just here. Well, thank you both for joining us today. I'm going to start off with a question. What has been some of the biggest challenges you have had to face in your younger years? I'm going to start with Rafat. I mean, in the younger years, it was interesting. Looks-wise, I look like a, a young Steve Urkel who happened to find Muslim Islam. So you can imagine, just like, I was quite slim as well, quite slim, and um, I didn't have a problem just being myself. So I wasn't, I wasn't actually like, I didn't actually, um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't a gallus or, you know, goddamn sugar or anything like that. Just a normal guy living a normal life. And um, yeah, it's just, it, it was, it's interesting. It's interesting. When you're dubbed as the good boy, you kind of, you're, you're kind of forgettable. You kind of drift through life just doing bits. Um, people recognize you and you say, oh yeah, he's a good boy. And then that's the end of that. So I kind of went to school, enjoyed, enjoyed life, enjoyed school, enjoyed learning, enjoyed everything that was presented. What there's, you know, we're having um, Adventure Playground having a six-week course. Yeah, cool, I'm going. Um, you know, it was, it, was, it was cool. It was fun. How about you, Justin? Okay, so for me, um, probably growing up for me was probably um, not having a dad around was interesting, um, to say the least. <laughs> I'll, put it, I'll put it like that. Um, pretty much grew up rough estate. Mum did what she could, but obviously I very early understood that we couldn't afford certain things. You know, you, you, you become aware that you can't get certain things. Um, so for me, like the real challenge for me um, growing up was really understanding why this dude wasn't about really. And then trying to grow up in a state with other boys that didn't have fathers. And then like, 
you will end up fathering each other. So the decision-making that you make growing up where you'd probably um, be corrected if you had a, you know, if your mum works, whatever, all the hours under the sun to keep a roof over your head, you know, if you've got that shared and then you've got your dad there, certain decisions that you make when you're younger, you wouldn't make, you'd hopefully wouldn't make because you'd have that, you know, you'd have a little bit of wisdom in your life, obviously having, you know, if you had a, a, a functional father um, that knows what he was doing. So for me, like my biggest challenge growing up was really like lots of children growing children making poor decisions. So like a lot of my friends were teen fathers and, you know, I was, I was very good at school to start with and then I was very bad at school. Like I didn't end up finishing school. Um, like year 11, I just was just on road, just doing whatever I wanted to do. I did younger really enjoyed going to the adventure playground and enjoying all of that. But as I got to that age where your decisions are a little bit more important and there's a little bit more pull from peers, um, I think my biggest challenge for me was young men growing young men or kids, teenagers growing teenagers, making bad decisions. And then being, as, uh, as you know, a friend just said before, like being trying to be good when people are being bad, but I went to church when I was younger as well. So those kind of morals were instilled in me. So even though you did, I did do bad things and there was things that I should have done. The decision-making was the biggest challenge for me, not having a older figure um, in the house that would help me. I can totally relate to that. My relationship with my father, I can't even say it was bad. I couldn't, I can't even say it was good. It was just non-existent. I just feel he was there, but just not there. So he was very neglectful. Didn't really pay my sister and I too much mind. And I feel in relation to the question, I feel like my biggest challenge in life so far, and even to this day, was becoming a father. Trying to make sure that I'm a better father than what my dad was to me. You know, dealing with the whole anxiety of, oh my God, I'm... I'm responsible for this little person, this little being life, you know, making sure that I don't make the same mistakes as my father. And that it was, it was a difficult time. It was, you know, it was hard to deal with. In regards to that, Rafat, did you grow up with your father? Yeah, I did. And, and it's really interesting hearing, you know, um, you guys um, as grown men speaking, looking back and speaking about the pain of not having either a father that was present or a father that was engaged because my dad was always there. And I, I can definitely um, say that, you know, in my teen, in my teen years, he was instrumental because I lucky, did not want bro. any of that. I didn't want any of that. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky, brother. <laughs> you're lucky. <laughs> but, but I didn't want any of the smoke. All, the, all them times, there were times where people were going left and I was like, I looked left and I thought, Nah, it's not worth it. Because the smoke that I'm about to get from, from this man is long. We would have parents' evenings and he would lecture me for an hour. I was an A-grade student, but he'd still lecture me to make sure that I was on the straight and narrow. So I can, listening to you guys and, and hearing your, your experiences, I'm, I'm, I, I do feel humbled, you know what I mean? I would have I giggled though, yeah? Because... <laughs> Cause my dad never came to a parents' evening. Neither did my dad. No, and you know what? Funny enough, that's why I make sure right now I go to all. Yeah, 
Especially yeah, yeah, like yeah. to let them know, even though um I'm not to with I'm not together with the mother, doesn't mean I can't play a part and no. they don't know. Yeah, that's here. Mum's here. And I think it those are the things I never had with my dad. All all the like the plays, whatever, be there. You know, just be there. Make yourself present. You know what's mad? Like, I, I, my dad used to work really hard. And by the time I was approaching secondary school, he was, you know, running his own business. But um, the times before then, growing up, he had two, three jobs at a time. Uh, but yet, every time I had something, he was there. And, it, and you know, it, it just to, for anyone, any other brothers listening, it doesn't matter that you what it matters what time you turn up, but the fact that you turn up is just it's a big deal. My dad used to come and I used to perform and I'm looking, I'm looking for him, looking for him. He would come in two minutes before the end. That made my whole night. He made it. Just be there. Just be there. That's yeah, yeah. I can ask any father out there. Just be there. You know, let your child know that you're in their life. And- and you know, the funny thing is, right, I'm, I'm going to say this, that feeling um, that you're talking about doesn't disappear when you're an adult either. No. Because, no. because for, even for me, and, he, you know, he's going to feel like I'm throwing him under the bus, but I'm not. I've, I've forgiven him. I got myself into a little bit of trouble. And I was in the stand, as they would say. <laughs> um, and he said he was going to come on that day, on the day that I was in the stand. And... Um, I'm there, I'm in court. And every time the door opened, I looked over for this guy. Every single day. And he didn't come. And even if he'd have come at the end, as you said, two minutes, that he, he would have just been my hero in that moment. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? And it's just like, so I understand the, the fact that for me as a parent now, mate, listen, I said to my son the other day, I said, mate, you could kill 100 people, mate. Like... I'm not going to agree with you, but I'm still going to be there. Like, I'm not going to agree with you because it's wrong, but you're still my son. I'm still going to, you know, I'm still going to be there for you. And, that, and I think that he's, he's a brilliant, so let me just give him some credit. He's the best grandfather that my children could ever have. Was re- it made me mad one day and I was, I was cussing him to my mum. And my mum said, let them have your blessing. And I was just like, okay, fair enough. I'm going to, she said, let it go. Let them have what you didn't have. So I was like, okay, that's really, it was such an interesting, and it just took like this whole weight off my neck. Do you understand? And he's a brilliant, brilliant grandfather. So I can't throw him under the bus anymore. So yeah, he's, now he's become a better person. But maybe that's wisdom as well. Yeah, I was going to say, do you, do you think that at the time where your dad had you, he, the, the real, the realism of having a child hit him mm. and he didn't know he didn't know how to handle it and it, with time and pay, with time and wisdom he's mm. realised like wow you know what I've missed out so much time with Justin let me make it right no like okay so I'm out of wedlock kid <laughs> if that makes sense right so my dad a gallus if that if that's the easiest way to put it so so for me I am uh, at the time, and when I look at it, like how old they all were, they were like in their twenties, early twenties. Like my mum was think my mum was like twenty two. What do you know? Like they were getting married at six. You know they get married at sixteen and all that foolishness back then when they were 
when they were growing up, they get married at 16. And like, I'm looking at my son now, he's 16. I'm like, you can't marry anyone, bro. You can't, you can just about cook. <laughs> For me, on the other hand, my dad, when he met my mother, already had an older daughter. I'm third child. So he had already messed up the relationship with her mum. So mm. you would have thought, be with my mum, he would have been a better father, would have thought, learnt from his mistakes, but he just carried on with the same rubbish. Wait, and, let me just jump in there. Let me jump mm, in there, just as you say that, because this is something I've had to think about. And I'll probably ask Rafa how his grandpa, if he knew his grandparents, because I think that part of the, the situation is they never learn. They don't go counselling. You know, as men, we don't go counselling. We don't go and get these things sorted. Yeah, you see me. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I was, you know what? I was just about to come to that. I realised with my father, and you know what scares the hell out of me, I'm exactly the same. And what I battle with every day in fatherhood is my dad just is not paternal. He just wasn't programmed that way, okay. you know? So I, even me, I have to make a conscious effort to do what I should be doing. Not to say I don't enjoy it, not to say that I don't want to do it, but it doesn't come naturally to me. So you have to make yeah. yourself aware of it. Basically. Yeah. So okay. just putting in that little bit of effort, like checking myself and thinking, you know what, that's something like my dad would do. No, be better, Stephen. So what, Raphael, let me ask Raphael about his, his, dad's, his dad's parents then. Because what was his grandfather like? I've got any background. Um, so I knew both sets of grandparents when they were, well, I should say on my dad's side, I knew my grandfather and my grandmother. On my mum's side, I knew my grandmother and my grandfather um, passed away when my mum was very young. So, but I knew them and I had a relationship with them, even though there was a, a kind of a, um, a language barrier, kind of, sort of, because I, I weren't fluent in my mother tongue, but yet still, um, I still understood what they were speaking about. And there was, there's, there's some kind of um, relationship there, but my, my, my parents knew their parents very well. And there's a strong, there was a strong um, connection. Their parents, they still looked after their parents and they still had, I mean, I still remember my dad having blazing rounds with my granddad over things that they disagreed on, on a very basic, on a very basic level. Do you know what I mean? Um, and this, and I saw this transition between, um, in my dad from a boy becoming a man and still having the same kind of arguments with his dad. It was, it was really interesting. From my point of view, there's, there is that connection from grandparent to parent to child. Um, and they, I mean, they, they knew about getting married and raising, raising your family the way they're supposed to. You had the full generational um, knowledge passed down, basically. Effectively, yeah. They call it generational wealth in terms of money, but you had the generational wealth in terms of actual, the social um, wealth of your family um, from both sides, from mum and dad. It's good. So I think that's why when the question was initially posed, I'm thinking about my younger years, and I'm thinking, well, <clears throat> now actually, I've got my parents that are trying to keep them straight and narrow. Um, when it only became a problem when I had to define my, my own manhood when I got to secondary school and I'm dealing with my peers and, you know, there's certain things that people are trying to say that you should do and you're like, well, I, I can't understand what the pull is to do this. I don't understand what I'm trying to prove when I'm doing this. Um, I don't want the smoke for my parents. I don't want the, 
the disappointment for my parents. So I'm just going to carry on doing what I need to do and, and carry on doing and, and, you know, pushing towards success. That was a very good segue because I wanted to ask you now with it being 2020, what's your definition of masculinity? I'll pose that to Justin. Right. So I feel the world is being demasculinized. Basically, okay. I feel that this whole um, thing around men being—it's um, been happening for a long time because we've had this, you know, especially in our community, this single black female type motivation. I don't need no man talk. It's been running for a little while now, and then obviously this whole thing around uh, um, there were not uh, what they call them traditional homes, such with mum and dad and. And, you know, dad goes out and work and mum stays at home and all of that. That whole concept of being masculine and, you know, you're a man and you have to do this. And, and that has just been eroded by the media and everything else. Do you think it's a problem? It sounds like you think it's a problem. OK, so I, right. So I don't believe that, there, I don't believe in equal rights because you can't be, I can't be equal to a woman. I can't have a kid. So how can, I feel you should be treated, treated fairly the same. I think you should all be treated fairly the same. But to say that, to, it's like when these guys, when they, they, they say that they're going to, um, they're going to be, they're, they're classing themselves as female now. Like that, what happened in England and that man decided he was female and then he broke all the deadlifting records, female records. Yeah. So all of those things, I don't see, because I don't agree with because I know facts. I'm a man. And if I'm in my house and my mum and my sisters in my house, I'm beating them all up. <laughs> they ain't going to understand. So, so that, let's think about equality I, is, is, is different for me in terms of there should be a level of, people should be treated fairly. To be treated equally doesn't make sense because you're not, I'm not a woman. I don't, I don't have periods. I don't, I don't, I can't have a baby. I can't be equal to you. Biologically, it doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Should I be treated fairly on both sides? Yeah, definitely. Fair, treated fairly? Should If we do the same job, yeah, earn the same money, should everything. I, I believe in that completely. Just something what's bothering me is using the word equally. I just, that, that that's not sitting right with me when you say that men and women can't be treated equally. Fairly, yes, but equally. But why? Elaborate. Yeah, but how, how can you be equal to someone that carries a baby for nine months. Yeah, but what's your definition of equal, though? Well, well, well my, my definition of equal is not the definition of equal that they've, they've classed as being equal. I think that regardless of your, your gender, you should be treated fairly. Equal Yeah, but doesn't equal. equally come into it, though? No, because I don't think... Okay, Fair. so... Because when you think about... When you use the word fairly, that could be fairly at... What level? No, no, whatever. High, no, medium across, or... across ever. No, because to be treated, see the, the thing where it is is we're not the same biologically. It doesn't make yeah, any but... how can, So what I'm saying to you is, if you and me are not screwed, this is a good discussion. I was having a discussion with someone else. If me and you are not the same biologically, yeah, then how can you, you know, why would there be female and male? Um, if you're equal. Why do you have male and female events? Well, that's, in the just, that's just genetics. No, but that's what, though, listen, that's this just what the argument is. Humanity. What's that? No, no, Being no. Being male and female. To, what I'm trying to say to you is, if you, if, if you want to take, right, let's take away, if you take away society, right? So let's just, let's just go back to caveman, yeah? Every person had a role in it. 
So the role of a woman was to whatever she was doing and the role of a man was to do whatever they needed to do. Everybody had roles. The problem that you have now is all the roles are blurred so that people are saying we need to be equal. But what the point I'm saying to you is I don't, what I think is if we knew, because this is where this equal thing comes, if, you, if I'm allowed to vote, you should be allowed to vote. If you want to go and bake a cake, you should go and be able to bake a cake. If you do that job, you should get paid the same as a man. So, I understand where the women's rights were, where they weren't even allowed to vote, they weren't allowed to do all of these other things, and men ruled, it was a whole masculine world, and they needed to, to, to come up to be treated fairly. And that's how I, I just think people should just be treated fairly, based on the thing. That's just my, that's just my, my, that's just my thing on it. I just don't, the equal thing I can't get, because like, I just, it's, you, you're just not equal biologically. It doesn't make sense to me. Go ahead, Rafat. So, Effectively, we can't take away social constructs because social constructs are what made society the way that it was. Um, I think what Brother Justin's trying to say is um, basically what's happening is you've got a whole load of, um, you've got an understanding that we are different. And there is, a, there is um, what you're finding in 2020, you've got a um, revenance to women because they do the things that men cannot. And we've always revered, revered women because they do the things that we can, cannot. The problem is, what you're having is this push for revenance from women in general, but at the same time, you're having this um, lack of importance from the men. Men are, men are shit. Do you know what I mean? They, their importance is neglected and it's only taken into account when it comes to um, what women feel men should be doing. Heaven forbid a man says that they need to ha- um, uh, the women to do certain things to, um, for, for their benefit or for the benefit of the relationship or benefit of the family. You as a man have no right in telling me what you require, but women will say, I am a woman. I've arrived. That's all I've had to do. You, man, you need to prove yourself as a man before we even recognize your, your masculinity. What do you do? Do you do this? Do you do that? Are you this? Are you that? Are you able to provide, protect, and do all these bits and pieces? Me as a woman, I have to do jack. I arrived. Do you understand? And with this, and, and, and with this thing, you now have this um, for some, not all, please, uh, can we just highlight that anything that's said from now on is some, not all, please, we're not saying all women, but some women seem to think that when they arrive, there's nothing more that needs to be said. There's nothing, there's no other conversation that needs to be had. There's no internal reflection that needs to be had. There's no, in, there's no self-development that needs to be had. So what you're finding is that you're sitting there expecting a man, if you um, think of the proverbial table, the man must bring all the goodies. Even if I'm not bringing anything, or even if what I'm bringing is uh, is, is of negative value, i.e., I haven't done, um, I'm, I have certain traumas or certain issues that I have um, from my past that I need to rectify for myself. Forget me, forget the man for myself, so that I'm able to move forward. I'm not even going to do that. I want to see what you bring. What do you bring, fam? What is it? What, what, do you, what do you do? Are you a whole man? Are you able to support me 
in all of my in all of my issues and all my problems, and then support the, um, and support me having your children before I even start looking at the internal issues. That and let me add something to that: if you are a man that can't provide, this is the other side to it about this equal thing. If you're the man you can't provide, you're not looked as a man. You're demasculinized. If you're the man that wants to stay at home and look after the kids, you're, you're looking. Yeah, your, your masculinity is based. Your masculinity is based solely on the amount of um, income that you bring in. Solely, I'm not even. Sorry, let me rephrase that. Sorry, I want to rephrase that. Your masculinity is based on the amount of security you can provide the woman, because security is the number one priority of every woman. And I, I do say every woman at this point. Security, whether it be financial, or emotional. They want security. If you're not bringing security, you're waste. And more often than not, if, if a woman has financial security that she's provided for herself, the emotional security doesn't, isn't as valued as much. So even though you can provide that emotional security, she'll look at you and say, but I provide everything for the house. What are you here for? Yeah, but we're equal. But I think that's what you're trying to say. I, think- I said, you saved me there, bruv. You, you, you broke it down. Man PhD'd it for me, you get me? <laughs> <laughs> Personally, that's what I think it is. I think that's where, where, and I think when you've got the youngers, I think what the problem is for men and women is that we're using these old, outdated, um, generic um, constructs for what a man for a man and woman needs to be. I'm not saying that those um, those constructs don't have merit, but I'm saying here this 2020 is something different. If you look at the 60s and 70s, yeah, we had. Um, a social revolution. You've had people now saying, you know what, I can, uh, women saying, you know what, I can vote, I can, uh, sorry, I can vote. I can wear trousers if I want. Do you know what I mean? I can cut my hair short if I want. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm, there is a push for everybody's rights, black rights, gay rights, women's rights, every, every rights are being pushed in the 60s, early 70s, right? So now you've got uh, um, an influx of people saying, I'm not going to go by the social norms. By the time you're going through the 70s and 80s, where you've had global economic depression, yeah? And you're, you're now looking at the current constructs where men are failing to be able to be the sole provider for the household, yeah? And you've also got women who actually don't want to be a housewoman, um, a, house, a housewoman, housewife, house girlfriend, house whatever. They don't want to stay at home and do whatever. Like, they, they have to, they, there's a change, yeah? And because of that change, now you're looking at the constructs, the dynamics are different. What we need to do is update our dynamics. But unfortunately, in here, this, this year 2020, what you're having is a look at the old to bring now. Can I just, can I add something into that bit? Would, would, you, would you then agree that some, some part of this is cultural? Because in some Muslim households, the women still stay at home. And would you say that, that black uh, in black culture, I would say Caribbean, would you say that uh, Caribbean and black women are more financially secure now than they were previously? That's probably because I think that culturally, I think there's a little cultural twist on it as well. This is what I say, yeah? I don't personally, I don't subscribe to either or. I think you, as, as a partnership, need to look at each other and say, what is the best way forward? So, so, so my thing is this, yeah? Um, as much as it takes a village to raise a child, yeah, um, it takes two partners looking in the same direction for their relationship to work, yeah. As much as you have family members that have all the best interests in the world, when it comes down to it, when the doors are closed and we're lying in bed, it's me and my wife or me and my partner. 
Do you understand? So the rest of you need to duck out. We need to be the, 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 the main decision making with everyone advising, but we made the final decisions. So whatever we decide to do, we have to be okay with it. And, that, and, and that's what I'm trying to get at. If you want to be that traditional um, partnership where the woman stays at home and the man's the main breadwinner and that works for you, go for it. That's you. If the roles have been split and the man says, you know what, you have not got the emotional capacity to look after the children right now because you're out there earning the money, working the long hours, doing what you need to do. I will go, I will sit back and go and do whatever. If that's the decision that you're going to make, then you make it work and you go forward with it. If it's a case of both of you are working together um, and you're both working and you both have to look after the children, you have to work in a partnership. You can't have that kind of partnership with somebody thinking that it's going to be a traditional um, relationship. It's not going to work. You're there saying, oh, I've gone to work, and then the man's sitting at home, not looking after the house, not looking after the kids, can't go shopping, and then sitting there saying, where's the food? No, bruv, that's where we get into trouble. But at the same time, if you, you know what I mean? You have to, you have to, and you as the man, you have to be like, you know what, irrespective of what happens, I am still, I'm still the head, um, the headway, the last, um, the last solution in regards to this um, relationship. And I will still be the person that is out there um, being expendable because that's what we did when we go out, when we went out to go and work we worked all the long hours to bring home the bacon because we're expendable we leave our most valuable thing at home so if it's going to switch up you still have to be expendable because when you've got those people out there questioning whether or not you're a man you sit there you take the flack you say listen at the end of the day this is how me and my wife are sorting things out we will succeed we're moving forward you understand and you have to take those be, listen being, mas- being masculinity being a man manhood in these in these times, yeah, it's still hard. It's still something. It's, it's still even something worse. That, it's worse. It's still something to be strived for, and it's still something that needs to be respected. Do you understand? In respect of what your position is in that partnership, you still have to be that person, that forefront, the person that says, "You know what? Shut up!" Or you know what? Let's go forward. To anyone else that has anything that's going to attack what you have, but instead. You have, my, uh, you have women, especially our sisters, that want to do it all. And then when they break down, they want to point fingers and say, men aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Sit back and let us do what we're supposed to be doing. If these girls could give themselves willies, they would. Trust me. See, if them wild talks there, that's going to give us trouble. Willies, bro, these girls would have willies if they could. Some of these chicks would have willies if they could, bro, because it's like, it's like they're, they're trying to, they're, they're, it's like you're lying down. You get me? You're the one lying down taking it from her. Like, come on, really? Yeah, but there's a lot um, of men out there who will not accept that. Not accepting yeah, but, but the that roles. Ge- that generation coming behind, they don't care, man. They're a little bit... They're a little bit... I don't know, man. They're a little bit soft, man. You can't be wrong and strong. If you can't accept that, yeah, step up to the plate. No, seriously... Honestly and truthfully, yeah, if you want to be, if you want to have that title that you think you should have, you need to grind harder than your, than the predecessors did right here, right now. You need to be a success. And if you can't live like that, if you can't live like that, step out. Don't date nobody. Don't do it until you're there. You understand? But what some, what some of these brothers have is bare pride, no produce, no product. Mm-hmm. You understand? You can't, it, it can't work. It can't work, not just because you know, your pride is getting in, in, in um, the way of pro- um, progression, but it can't work, generally speaking, because every time you want to put your foot down, this one's going to look at you sideways like, well, who are you, though? Yeah, you, where, where's your money? What, what do you produce? What do you produce? Yeah, 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 How yeah, do you yeah, yeah, yeah. 
As men, do we do enough questioning of what the woman is bringing to the table? It's really important that um, when we're younger, it's instilled in us that men have to have standards. Yeah? And it's mad because here 2020, they, they want to know, the only standard they seem to um, care about is whether or not the woman has slept with their brethren or how many men that the woman slept with. That's it. No, no, no. No, but they, no, wait, they don't care though. No, 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 they I care. That's it really matter. No, 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 they care. If they're going to smash, if they're going to smash, they don't care. If they're going to wifey, they care. Especially yeah, if yeah, people yeah, know yeah. If, they've, if, if there's somebody that they've, um, one of their brethren that they've smashed or whatever it is, yeah, they want to know. Sorry, so just a clarification. So what age are we talking about? But you feel, are we talking now? Women look at that. Yeah, but what age? Yeah, so that's what I'm asking. Bra- that's we what I'm asking. We need, to bra- we, we need to bracket women as well. Because I think like, like, obviously, I'm 40 plus-ish. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got like the generation below that are like 30. And then you've got the youngers that are coming that are like 20 up. All right, so a better question. We're all mm. in our 40s, yeah? Okay. Does it, mm-hmm. if you're going to meet a woman now, does it matter how much partner she's had? <laughs> a bar in, yeah, I, no, no, no. I get you don't want them to have slept with one of your friends. Of course not, yeah? But does it matter how much partner they have? Wait, pause. One before, before you answer that. Is it your close friend or is it someone you know? That's important. <laughs> someone relevant <laughs> enough for you to care about. So it's your, so your close friend then? Whatever, it just just depends on your definition, really. I mean, yeah, if it's my close Adrian, nah. But if it's someone I an acquaintance I happen to know, ah. yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> no, but I mean, I the way I see it, at forty years old, does it really matter? I think the better, nah. the better question is, are you bringing any STDs to me? That's the biggest question. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. I'm being serious. No, so, 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 going to my, so getting to my point. This is, this is, this is. No, I'm not even sorry. Sorry to cut you off. I'm not even meaning that as a joke. I mean, no, but it's, barring them sleeping with your best friend or a close friend, as long as you're like, does their history really matter? Yeah. See, this is and this is the point I'm trying to make. Like that is the only standard that we have as men. We're grown ass men, right? And, and we're still concerned about that part. Whereas I can guarantee you, I've met women who, have, who are not promiscuous in that way, shape or form. And trust me, that is the last thing I should be um, concerned about. Or not yeah, about them you don't know health. until you ask, you know. Family. Women, women, you might in, think they're promiscuous. I'm not saying they point, are, but... My thing is not... Listen, at the end of the day, my thing is, at the end of the day, people are people. We're going to make decisions growing up, doing whatever we're doing. As men, we need to have a bottom line of standard. When you're speaking to women, you need to know what you're going to be asking if you're going to be engaged with them, whether it be a, a, a one-off or forever, forever, forever. You have to have that, that standard. We don't have it. The nearest we have is, have you done something with my brethren? Okay, cool, let's roll. No, 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 no. Because what you find is once you've got past the representative, that person that they put forward to say, yeah, I'm all good, you're finding a whole lot of baggage, a whole lot of issues that they even refuse to look at. Right, so I'm going to jump in on this one. So, so do I agree that we should, I think, I think we should all have standards. And I think, that, I think that the standards in general 
I've slipped. And I do agree with Rafa that the, the, we, the standard, the minimum standard, we shouldn't even be looking at whether she slept with your brethren or not because she might actually just, because, you know, Rafa's been like PC because she just might be crazy. Yeah? And that's what he's trying to say out there. Because you're going, you're looking at her, you ain't slept with my brethren, yeah, let's lie down. And then you realise that um, she's actually bonkers. Yeah? And she's got all of these issues and all of these things that she's going to bring to the thing. So he's right and I agree with him that actually the standards are, if your standards are high, you never kind of end up, you, 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 you actually go through a process of getting to know the person and then finding bits out about them besides the bit whether she's got a biblical count or not um, before you go and lie down. Yeah, but the question I wanted to pose, is that something you would really ask? Because I would never ask a woman that. Why would I ask how much? No, we're too old for that, man. We're grown nah, up. about business. You would argue, it's irrelevant. It's actually yeah, irrelevant. It and I think it's a quite immature question to ask. Yeah, uh, that's what you asked when you were 21 and all them stupid age. And I would, do you know what? I'd flip it back on and I'd say, why are you asking? No, what, what does it matter? Rights, and that's, I would say, what does it matter? She wants to know though. It's equal oh, rights. What, 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 what relevance? What are you gaining by knowing? Know, all I you're going to do what? is place judgment on me, isn't it? She might lie. But I wouldn't ask the question. It doesn't matter. No, it's irrelevant. No, but she's she's going to say, I'll tell you, you tell me. Like, I need to ask you. I'll just say, stop asking stupid questions. Let's talk yeah, about man. the weather or something. You know what I mean? Let's talk about COVID-19 and how it's affecting the world. About Like, what's that? Got? It's, I just, sorry. So I just think it's a very... I, no, I agree. I agree. I, I agree. I think, it, I think it should be the last question. I don't think you should ask it at all at this age, but they still ask. Because at the end of the day, as, as just what Rafa said, that is how we measure at the moment. And it's, and it's ridiculous. We ain't got no standards. It's easy facts. Sorry, can I, can I jump in here? Regardless of whether or not they're going to ask me, yeah, that's got nothing to do with whether or not I can deal with who they are after their representation. That's, precise. that's precisely my point. Yeah. It's irrelevant. The question is irrelevant. irrelevant. Ask the question. You ask the question. If it's in triple figures and you have a problem, that's your blasted issue. I'm 40 years old. Deal with it. Do you understand? I've got a, a quite simple equation. I look at things, everything mathematical. So based on, let's say you meet a lady, she's 40 years old. Say she became sexually active at 16. So that is 24 years sexual activity. If she said she's been with 24 men. It's one a year. That's one a year. Is that really that what bad? She, it happens if she said so she's been let's, let's double it. Let's double it. Say, say, say it's, four, it's 48. That's only two yeah, men a year. Six months. Yeah. Is that such a bad thing? It's All just right, a but, pointless question. No, but here's the scary bit. When she tells you that she's been in a 15-year relationship, yeah? Mm. And then you got 10 years now. She, she said, oh, yeah, I was with this guy from our 16th or whatever. And, uh, and then you do the maths because you're a mathematical bird. And she told you she'd been with 50 dons. And then you realise that she's been with 40 guys in the last five years or whatever it is. That Are you like wholly comfortable with that? You know, questions well, you know what? It's calculations. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, that is a lot. But I wouldn't be asking the question in the first place. And yeah, ignorance, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <It's a> bliss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I don't know, it won't bother me. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is, we're talking about things that um, trouble women and doesn't trouble and don't trouble men. We were, we're If a woman said that to me, that wait. would put me right off her. That's a red flag straight away. Listen, as far as I'm concerned. I want to know the I want to know the proper questions. Yeah, I want to know the proper questions. What are you like with finances? Yes. When you're mad, how do yes. you communicate? Yes. When um, what is it? 
Can you cook? Yes. I'm going to ask you if you can cook because you know what? I can throw down in the kitchen. And when we have um, children, I want to make sure that you're able to do whatever you're doing. And guess what? Another question I'm going to ask you is, how do you learn? Because if you can't cook, you can always learn. You're always willing, if you're always willing to put yourself out there. My mum, I rate her. Every single time she sees something that she doesn't know, she'll go and learn it. If I'm now looking for somebody that is able to be as flexible as that, are you willing to learn and push, um, and push boundaries? How are you with, uh, how are your finances? Um, what is it? Are there any, uh, uh, um, what are your family like? Because guess what? When you get with the, um, with, with the person, you get with the family as well. Like as young dons, no elder was coming up to us and saying, ask these important questions. Ask them. No, no one was saying that. They were just, there wasn't enough education for the young men to know what kind of partner they're looking for. They just left it up to you to, for, for judgment that you've never had guidance for. But, I'm, but the point I'm going to make about that is that that question was not a question that was being asked then because as you said before, we were in traditional models where it was the man goes to work, the woman stays at home and then and then we got the whole era when we were just broken families, as, it, as you, we would class it, as I said, me and, yeah. and Steve grew up, no parents. And then you got the block growing you up. And then the block grew because my olders, they didn't have no dads either. You understand? So we've had a whole lost, as well, with Caribbean parents, they all went back home. Like my grandfather, and they went back to Jamaica. So all of that little bit of knowledge that we might have got passed back down, where he's saying, yeah, man, if I ask a girl them question there and this, that, and that, but that all got lost because I'm listening to my oldest. My oldest is saying to me, bro, listen, the only thing that matters in this world is, is, is what she's like in bed yeah. and the, how the much question. you can drink. That's, because remember, <coughs> I, I grew up on the block. How much can you drink? Yeah, what's she like in bed and how much <laughs> you can party? That's it. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was, that's why when he's talking about standards, I'm like, yeah, I agree because the standards that, you get set when you grow up on the block. Oh, they're they're low. They're but low. You, but, they're but you have to. But you look, you look, um, brother Justin. That, as looking, I don't know. Yeah, different. Look, looking, looking at what you wanted, seeing the things that you experienced and said they were negative experiences. You set standards for yourself. You said, "I will be present for my children. I will make sure that I am there doing X, Y, and Z." And so, therefore, with with that being said, you also have to look at okay. What is this woman, if we're going by traditional standards, right? The traditional standards that we're supposed to go by, while you're out there being expendable, taking all the blows that comes with um, being out working, uh, what is it, 8, 12, 16 hours a day, right? You're leaving this said individual with the jewels of, uh, of your legacy, which is your children. What are they now bringing to, the, um, to these youths? It's not just enough to, what is it, to, 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 to feed them or whatever it is. They have to be educated. They have to have some, even if it's not all smarts, it's something else. So you now have to look at this woman and say, yo, uh, what, what is it that you're doing in tradition? But, but no one weren't telling us that. And if you look at, if you look at, and if, if I look at my brethren, yeah, like they've got, like, they've got like loads of, you know, they've got kids, you know, they've got two, three baby mothers or whatever. Do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Those principles that you're talking about, these are the principles that we're going to pass on to our own children through our own failures and understanding like you, you learn because you put your hand in the fire that it burns. So you're going to say to your son now the same things you said. 
Son, you need to have standards. Son, when you're talking to a girl, make sure she can cook. You understand? Like all of these things that you've had to learn. Remember, she's going to be with the kids. So you can't be with no what this girl because she's going to be the one educating your, your children. Big man, when I was growing up, <laughs> nobody cared about their things. Nobody was saying to us these things. This is knowledge that we've acquired as we've got older. Do you understand? And even then, I'm going to say this to you. In, in reality, like, when I, when I hit 40, for me, I already had, I've got my two boys. When I, when I got to 40, it was then kind of that realisation and then being around different types of people, then you realise about the decisions you're making. Because remember, you, you spend your whole life, remember, you are as much as, I know some people have been lucky and they've been with one woman or whatever, and they've been in, you're really the sum of all your friends. All my friends are the same people for that period of time that I grew up on that state with. So, so for me, it wasn't until I kind of just, I've always kind of had my own mind to just do my own things, but just started reading and then started acquiring knowledge and then just applying. And my mum's always kind of been a books person. You start reading and you start learning certain things. These are the things that you got instilled. Like my son's 16 now, you got to instill in your child. But when I was growing up, there's, I mean, I would never ever regret my children. But I regret the situation, how my children were born now. Like, I would never go through that. I mean, and you talk about, um, what's his name? The Walker, the black um, historian guy. I went to one of these. Um, yeah, Robin I went Walker. to one of these. Him and my brother are really good friends. And he, I went to one of these talks and he was talking and he said something ridiculous. Like 90% of black children are born, their mistakes they weren't planned. They weren't like that. People didn't sit down and plan. And then the trauma that the child goes through and then this, that, and the other, and then the effect that has on the family and the boom and the boom and the boom and the boom. And then all of this, and then you go into society and then you've got the police and this, that, and the other, and the system set up against you and all of this. And I'm listening to this thing and I'm thinking, rah, where was this information when I was growing up? What message do you think society gives men about failure, Prefet? Like I said before, you are expected to come as this perfect um, model of masculinity. You're not supposed to come with any kind of um, insecurities, defects, um, mistakes, anything like that. You're not. You're supposed to be everything that they cannot be. Um, and so when you do falter, when you do have char um, character flaws and issues, you're now rubbish as just rubbish. Oh, man, trash. trash. I grew up with, with all of the things that I've got, all the wealth that I've got, and still my, I have two children from two different, um, two different women. Do you know what I mean? And it is like the lowest point and at the same time, the highest point of my life. I bring, um, I bring life into this world, but I lack the character to do it correctly. Do you know what I mean? Ooh, so, wait, wait, no, no. Hold on, no, hold on, hold on. Let me land, let me land, let me land, oh, let me land. On. Yeah. So what, what it ended up being was that I ended up spending most of my time trying to prove to whoever it was that I intrinsically have a value as a man and as a father. Anytime I couldn't be there, it was falling in my face like, well, you put us in this, your problem. You understand? And, and and what someone said to me, what someone said to me was, it wouldn't even matter if you were there seven days a week. As soon as you're not, it's a problem. Do you understand? 
And I had to come to, I had to come to my own terms and be like, you know what? You have to be, you, you have to own the fact that you've made decisions that have uh, made, made, uh, made it that your children do not get the best of you. But you have to also own the fact that you're going to do the best that you can and you will be okay. You will be all right with that. You just keep striving to do the best that you can for your, um, for your children, irrespective of what people say. Do you know what I mean? And the fact that these children are born these way, this way, well, people look at you and say, but what happened to you, fam? What's this all about? Do you understand? But yet still, you still have to, str- you still strive to give them their very best. And you have to develop this thick skin to be able to say, I'm going to fulfill the kind of um, upbringing that I would have liked to have or I had. You still have to go through it, irrespective of what others may say or think of you. You still have to do that. But generally speaking, if you, do you know what I mean? If I go and speak to somebody now and say, oh, this is a situation, instantly I'm branded a failure. So you've got kids. So I'm going to even jump on the bit with him. He's talking about him being there seven days a week and then him not being there one day and it's noticed. You know the wickedest thing? Some people are there seven days a week. Some people they provide all the time and it's still not enough. You're still a failure. Even when you go above and beyond. I know guys that go above and beyond for their kids. Consistently. Never drop the ball ever. And the woman still talks them up. Still talks them as trash. So I've, I've, I've as you said, he's, Rafet is doing the best that he can in the situation that he's in. People are in better situations than him in, in their mind. They, 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 and never drop the ball, always there. And they still, they, still get, they still get tarnished. So for me, like, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. The, they, they, you got a guy that would be punching up his baby mother, slapping her up, beating the shit out of her, go and drop her 200 pounds and she, he, he, he's, he, no, he does all right for me. Yeah, he, he's cool. And then you've got the guy, and this is what I'm trying to say to you about this demasculinizing thing. You've got a guy that goes out of his way, makes sure that his use of good, looks after his kids, has them all the time, does all of these other things. And people are looking at you like you're wet because you're not doing no, you know, beating people up. <laughs> or roughly that. But I'm going to throw out a curveball, yeah? Do you not think us as black people, black men, black society should take more consideration when having children, thinking about our actions. But that's what I'm saying that he said. That's what the guy said. He said 90% born at like accidents. I am never going to, I in my head, yeah, when he, he, when he broke down how you should have, you should have financial plan in place. You should have this plan in place. You know what school they're going to go to. You know what clothes and nappies you're going to buy. You buy, you put down. Like there's a guy at work. I'm not going to say what culture he is. He's telling me he's plan- they're planning to have a child in next year. They're planning to have a child. Me, I just decided in my head, like, rah, I'm getting to a certain age. <laughs> like, I think for, for me, I think going back, going back to what we were discussing previously, which is doing the correct checks, because I may never get married it may be a situation where I may have a partnership for the rest of my life. Something not every woman wants to get married and I may change my mind after a while. Do you understand? Um, of, um, for me personally, I do want to get married. So I do want to make it a situation, but I did want it to be a situation before I had my children that I was in a permanent situation. Do you get what I mean? Um, 
I think it's important for you to know who you're dealing with um, at the very basis before children even get involved. I'm not thinking about a relationship in the sense of, um, what is it? Oh, I'm going to have children with this person one day and that's the, and that's the goal. I'm looking for a life partner. I'm looking for someone that's going to ride with me irrespective of what happens. What happens if she's barren? What happens if I, I decide that, oh, you know what, I've met somebody, she can't have children or I have a low sperm count or whatever it is. Now children are out of the question. I've based my relationship whether or not she's going to produce for me in the, in the near future. That's going to work. That person's going to be intrinsically important to me irrespective of what happens because my boys who are still here, they still need um, someone that's going to guide them. Um, what is it? My, my, I've got nieces and nephews that still need someone to guide them. I've got people in the community that still need someone to guide them. And at the end of the day, whether or not we have children or not, us as a, um, as a couple, we can be someone that can still be a beacon to society. But that can only work for working as a, as a unit so my thing is, I'm still going to make sure that I'm going um, to have better checks. Not only that, not only am I having better checks of, of the woman, but I'm also going to be um, in a better position to check myself. I'm 40. I've got um, experiences that I've gone through that have made me a better man that I am today than, than, than I was yesterday. Do you understand? I've, I'm, I'm learning from those experiences and I'm like, okay, I'm grown. So now when I'm making decisions, my decisions are going to be totally different to when, to 10, 20 years ago. So, right, let me jump in quickly. Let me just jump in on that bit. Right, so right, so you talked about you're doing your checks and this, that, and the other. Like, so I think that that self-development bit is probably the key bit to being able to having a long, sustaining relationship. Because once you know who you are and you're comfortable in what you are and you've dealt with all of your, or continue to deal with your issues and clear that yourself, it is easier to attract somebody like yourself. Not only that, it's also easier to be able to deal with somebody that isn't able to deal with themselves. Because you remember, you were once there. Yeah, no, I mean, just get, no, no, me just get rid of them. Once, once we know them, we get rid of them. You know, <laughs> no, you know what? Sometimes, sometimes it's not... Just, sometimes just, it's just, you know that game where they say pass? Yeah, yeah, next question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Flip the page. What, what, you got issues, yeah? Next question. All oh, right, what you red flag, yeah? Right, well, you gotta remember everyone's got issues in their own way. It's just a matter of how bad they are. And you have to remember being black being black people, we grow with No, no, issues. I hear I hear you, but I'm on next question, bruv. Next nah, <laughs> I, I'm I, too, I, No, 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 I'm too mad. old to fix you. I'm too you old know, to fix you. you know, it's you mad. need to fix yourself. It's mad, it's mad because I actually disagree with you on this point. Okay. Black love is the most revolutionary thing that you can do. And what you have to understand is like, you have generational trauma. There's mm. not just a person that just appears and says, oh, I'm good. No, they're carrying maybe trauma that had nothing to do with them. Do you know how many people? Yeah, I agree. You know how many people that I've met? That, that, I, have, that I agree with. That, that have issues because their parents couldn't sort out their shit. Yeah, you know, but I'm saying that my, and they I'm, have deep rooted issues. They don't yeah, even but, know that their issues because of that. Yeah, but I'm saying that 40 plus, yeah, Next. Nah. <laughs> nah. They may mean so you may be the person that makes them realize that you know what, how I've been living has been has been um, deep steeped in my trauma. Yeah, I'm sure you we, we've done that trauma. though. I'm meeting someone that's new. Hold on. What's wrong with me? I need to this person's this there's, there's nothing wrong with him. So now it has to be me. All right, so question. Yeah. Question. Go with it, go question. with it. Let me get in there, right? As black men. 
what is the solution? What can we do to improve things? Can't just blame women. No, 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 no. Think no. about the wrongs that us as black men have done. How can we improve? How could we become better? Right. I'm going to start with some bit. I agree. I, I do agree in, in a, I was semi-joking in that bit, but I do agree that we need to help heal um, our women. I do I completely agree that we need to help heal our partners and, and work on the bits with them once we worked on ourselves. I, I do think, though, that uh, conversations like this are key, like where men and women are able to talk freely about things it, to raise awareness of, of, of the issues that we both face. Because, you know, these conversations don't happen all the time. And women don't understand how um, we might see things. And we don't understand always all the time how women see things. So, so for me, like, raising awareness of, of the kind of issues and situations around black people and around black love and around men and women and this equality thing we talked about earlier and the fact that, you know, you've, you've got these women walking around willies and all of these other things. We've got to, we've got to help each other. Um, we've got to heal each other. So I agree. I, I, so I agree, Rafa, on that bit that it's nothing better than, you know, being with somebody and then them realising you feel like you're, in a better position to them to help them up from where they are. And that can be a beautiful thing in itself. But the, the bit that I always um, think about is, you know, how many times are you going to keep helping people up? And then when you're up, they push you down because we've been there. And that's the thing where, you know, as they said, the story about the scorpion and the frog, like, you know, it's, sometimes it's just people's nature that they can't help but to be that thing. And can you, do you have the capacity in yourself to keep reopening your heart to let somebody in? So uh, like, I agree in some ways. So interestingly enough, I'm going to piggyback off of what you said, yeah? I personally think I agree with you in that sense. You cannot keep putting yourself in a situation where you're going to be, uh, what is it, hurt and disrespected on a regular basis. No, that's not what we're saying here. But what's important, I think what's important is that your um, your peer group is important. And I think, honestly speaking, like the man that my hair, so I can talk to you in, um, in real terms, yeah? We need to hold each other accountable. You see, this, you see the man code, the man code has to be adjusted. There's certain times where I know I've been there, Justin, I know you've been there. The man, the man that are out there do, moving greasy, Wait, 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 no, wait, before you talk, we've got, we've got, anyone talked about in this bit is, is factual, it's not factual. I'll put a statement on this. Let's do a disclaimer. <laughs> and the disclaimer is, any comments no. made from now on are not reflection yeah. on failure he's, at 40 or anyone involved in failure at 40 and it's their own opinion. <laughs> Continue on. But man, they will be moving greasy. Do you understand? Yeah, and yeah. Hey. You won't call them out. You'll be like, all right, then man's out there do what man does, innit? But mm. this is 2020. If you know man is trying, you know that we as a collective need to be better. We need to be raising each other up. And these conversations need to be had outside of the women because you can't have this kind of conversation with women involved. Women need to speak to women about raising them, raise themselves up, which they do. But the conversation's not been had with men. We're, it's almost like, oh, we're, we're, we're scared to say to each other, you know what, you need to fix up, you know. How you're moving yeah. is not a good look. Yeah, but you know, the funny thing is, because I've done that, I've done that because I, had, I was having a conversation with my brethren, yeah, and I was saying certain things like, well, we, you know, because of the certain way that people have behaved over the years, we, like, 
even the girlfriends, they never meet. You understand? Because at some point, there was an alibi somewhere. That's the man scared. The, the alibi, even because you know, women don't forget. Like five years ago, like, <laughs> the alibi dot drops out, and then they will start. They will start sitting around and talking. And I was saying to him, like, when I look at my other friends uh, in another peer group, their wives are all together. They don't business because at the end of the day, they're living a different. You know, they're living a different type of life. And then I'm looking at my other like this, 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 um, this other guy that from another peer group. That this, he, he then married, so he married his brethren's sister. That was another thing we were talking about. We are talking about the Scarface syndrome, where, man, not my sister, man. And he's saying, like, that how black people are like, no, nah, don't you marry my sister, but you'll let the next man marry your sister. I, I spoke about that before, and that thing where he's married a sister, he's, your best friend's married your sister, so now he's 100% accountable to you because you and him can't go out and he can't be digging out no next girl in no rave and taking numbers. If you stand in there, you're going to thump him in his face. And that kind of, that kind of thing, I've seen, well, I'm not going to say like black people don't do it, but you see that more in white culture where the brother will marry his brethren's cousin and they marry, they married in and then they're all in it and they all go on holiday together and have a good time. Come on, Charles, let's go over it. And they all, all hold each other accountable. Not to say that they don't have issues in those situations. And not to say that they do, still have the man code, but yet still, yeah. Yeah, they still have the man code and all that, but it's a bit different. And I think that the fact that, and I will probably say that one of the biggest things around, um, just like what you were saying as well, that you wanted to get married. And I've always wanted to get married as well. And that thing where, we laugh at them when they say, bro, oh, you got married after three months or whatever. <laughs> but it's like, whatever they're doing, they fully commit to, even if it doesn't last. But that, that, that um, level of commitment from in our communities is not there like it used to be as well. well and we're a bit no, free, bro. And I think that when you do have it, it should be cherished. Yeah. It should be protected like anything yeah, else. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I think that more people, young and old, should be pushed towards mm. like, a community-based kind of thing. Not every, not, marriage is not for everybody. It's not. My, 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 my bridge was getting married. I swear, I'm not, it, as I said, characters and things have been changed. Yeah. My bridge was getting married, yeah. And one of our other friends was at the wedding saying, how much did your wedding cost you? And he said, X amount of money. He said, listen, you know, I've got the money for it because he had money. He goes, I'll pay to forget the marriage. This is at the wedding. He's going, forget, man. You don't want to marry this. Like, you don't want this life. You want to stay with us, man, on this player team. So this is at the brother's wedding. He's telling the brother, I will pay the money for your wedding. Just step. And this is what I'm saying about this brother code that you're, you're, we're talking about. You're actually supposed to be going, how much did you pay for this wedding? Let, Let me pay, me pay for, it for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, as men, we are making decisions that will define our, our legacy. So mm. if you see someone that's doing, trying to do something for, um, um, positive, you need to support them. If you see them mm. faltering, you need to say to them, listen, I'm not about to bait up your situation, but mm. I'm going I'm I'm to call you out man to man, brethren to brethren and say, listen, mm. you really wanna, I want to mm. see you strive. I want to see you strive and, 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 and uh, be successful. Do you understand? So I'm going to try but and That's you, that's me, and that's Steve, right? We are uh, an anomaly in our community. The, you know the, this. The fact of the matter is... You know is, this. But the fact of the matter is, Justin, the fact of the matter mm. is, as men, we need to stand on our own too. We need to be I, able to I, write and I say, you know what, I am going to be that person that's going mm. to say to you. All right, so mm. in response to what you just, sorry to cut you with that, just in response mm. to what you just said, 
what mm. do you want to see from black men at the age right, of 40 in, years? If, do, you know what, do you know what I really loved as a kid, what I saw? Well, as a kid, I'm trying to give my, make myself younger. What I saw was the Million Man March. I'll never, ever forget that. I, like that, seeing all of those black guys together um, on that, you know, in Washington, D.C. on that day, I would like to see that in our community. I'd like to see the man them, instead of hating each other, like them two fighting on the plane today, like, bruv, just, just, just squash the beef, just, like, just, just have this level of harmony where, you know, I go out and I, you know, I'm friendly anyway. I'd say, I see man them on the road and say, yeah, well, go on, like, whatever. And you've got brothers that will screw you still. And I'm like, well, we're big. So it's like, so what I probably, I mean, I do little things like this, but it's like, what I would really like to do now is like, I would take my kids to meet your kids, meet Rafet's kids. So we now build a little hub with our kids. Thank you. That's right. So we've got a little hub with our kids. So then our kids to be like, all right, so, oh, you don't know each other. So when you don't see each other, make sure you say hello, make sure you look close to each other. And then we just keep, and then then you just keep adding. And then all the good families are the people that we know that have got good picnic and they've got good hearts like us. You just add their children to the thing. So by the time you you look around, you now got a hundred kids that all know each other from all different places. Yeah on a positive movement because it's not going to, it's not going to happen for us. You know, our, our generation ain't good. It's not going to happen in our generation, but we're done. You have to understand what I grew up in a time growing up in the eighties. The thing that kept our community together wasn't, it wasn't anything that anyone else said. It was house parties. Don't ever get it twisted. House party was having happening every weekend because you had people of like minds coming together and saying, boom, we're going to come and enjoy ourselves. We are no longer living in a house party era. But what we can do is have a link up, like you quite rightly said, where we're intermingling families together. Do you understand? We're joining families of people with the same mindset because the elders in the family, me, Stephen, yourself, Justin, when we see someone's you on road, we now have to, the authority to pull them and say, listen, hey, are you moving funny? You know that I was at your house the other day. What are you doing? Do you understand? And that comes not from hate, with the or it's love do you understand it's love and you know that your youths are look, looking after my youths and there's, there's a next community being built do you understand like-minded people that have that same kind of love that's what I want to see Failure 40 Failure at 40 I'd like to thank you both for joining us on Failure at 40 what would you like to discuss at an, another point I'd like to talk about finance yeah, I think black people in finance is, uh, is um, as I said, Rafik was talking about it before, about like, you know, well, you like with money. So I think maybe we can have a discussion around um, maybe how how black people perceive money or even, you know, and as I said, like, or we can go through the, um, what I was going to say to you, the the list. We need to go through Rafik's list of things that <laughs> the, the, the ones that I go past to the ones that he, the bits that he was like yeah we need to check this 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 and maybe unpick what that is that what we're actually really looking for in a woman that's good Rafat um yeah I'd, I'd like to talk about um the 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 new what what the new black person African family should look like you know what I mean? I say African as in black people. Um, because we we still hang on to these old traditional roles, but our new 
lifestyle doesn't fit into those old traditional roles. But then at the same time, there are certain things that I feel like we should strive to or we should want. Do you know what I mean? And defining what that looks like now in 2020 and beyond. Do you know what I mean? How would you like to raise your children? Do you want them to go to, um, to uh, mainstream school? Do, what kind of things are you teaching them outside of school? Do you know what I mean? And you as a man, what kind of things are you trying to instill in your children? One of the things that I stick on is the fact that they need to learn how to defend themselves. Like I said on the previous um, episode, anyone that went to my, uh, my secondary school knows what time it is. You need to know every day was a survival. Every day. And when you go to secondary school, it's, like you're, it's almost like you're tasting to the real world. It's survival every day, whether it be physical or mental. How are you how are you putting that into the um, into children and and little things like that you know what I mean as from a man's perspective. So Justin, if you wanted to find you on the socials, what are your handles? So right about now, I'm having a little social media break. Blackout. Yeah, I don't blame you. No, I'm not blackout. I'm doing a soul train out. So if you go on my Insta, um, Williams J Silver, you'll see um, lots of soul train videos. Okay. I'm having a little bit. I'm doing a humorous thing there, so they can get me on and. Um, on that um, that's the best place to really get me or um, just come to my house and visit me you know <laughs> yeah you, you, you just a, want you just want more material for another podcast that's what yeah 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 I just yeah yeah well, not, 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 not any kids or anything just come visit me um, yeah but on, on, um, I'm on um, Instagram at Williams J Silver um, Williams J Silver Luxury as well and Williams J uh, WJS collection as well because obviously the clothing brand so you can get me on any of those handles I can't remember what my Twitter is but I just I don't, I don't really use it I only, I only got it to look at Trump to be honest <laughs> where could where could we find you Rafat jeez I'm Brit. if you're a friend you can find me at that guy Sai D-A-T guy and my surname um, but as I'm a PT I, I, I specialise in combat whether it be kickboxing uh, boxing and self-defense you can find me on one more with RAF that's one more with RAF um, and you'll see all the fun stuff that I do there on what platforms could we find you uh, you can find me on Instagram Facebook alright all good so once again I would like to thank you both for joining us at Failure at 40 hold it up yeah okay brother take, take care. care thank you Failure at 40 Failure, at 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 failure,